So if it was going to take me five hours to do it poorly and 15 hours to do it well, at the end of the day, that 15 hours would be so well invested in my team and the opportunities for growth, for their happiness factor at work, the way that it changes the culture because people feel like they're being heard by their manager. I mean, it's just huge. So Welcome to Let's Talk Teams, a podcast by Uptick. My name is Michael Probert. And today on the show, we've got a conversation between Chris Staug and myself. We just started talking today how now that we're halfway through 2020 and mid-reviews are going to start coming up, we just really wanted to discuss how we could take reviews and really turn them on their head, how they don't need to be something that's so crazy stressful and unknown and just all the baggage that comes along with being reviews uh, and, and their name and everything. So today in the conversation, we just talked all about that and share a lot of our opinions about it and also kind of where we think we might want to take it at least within our company and maybe something that will help other folks as well. So thanks for tuning in. I think, I think really what I wanted to do is talk a little bit about the stuff that you wrote in terms of our passion for why do we have reviews and why, why we're so passionate about making them easy as opposed to meaningful. And it doesn't mean that they can't have elements of both. And I think talking about that, but the thing I liked about what you did in that, in that thing that you wrote, if I were to title it, it was, would be in defense of doing work, <laughs> you know, that, that if you're going to, if you're going to meaningfully lead a team, it just, it's not all automated. And that's kind of where my story comes in, but it's, it's not all just how, how can I do this? So it's so easy because it, are, are reviews taking me half the time they used to? Yes. It's still a lot of time. And the reason mm-hmm. that it take, it's a lot of time is because I care about my people. I think the fundamental problem is that performance reviews become, have become broken down, empty, time-sucking obligation that managers are forced to do in a specific way because HR departments need them to happen and get logged. You know, it's a great paragraph. You know, mm-hmm. It's just like, like the, we do it because we're told we have to. But mm-hmm. what if we turned the tables on it and, and said, you know what? Let's care, you know, as managers. When, when you were writing this, I thought, I, when I read it again, I thought, at some point, you have to decide as a manager that you're going to care about other people. And, and the, the yes, it takes time. Yes, it takes insight. Yes, it takes, you know. Now, you can help yourself by having information that you've gathered, which is what we do in Uptick. So um, when I go through there, I don't, I don't take copious notes, but I, I have search. Yeah. And I go back there and I can easily see the trajectory of someone. Yeah, I just sent you a link to, just before we did this, I wrote this tweet. Uh, it was about this, saying, as we approach mid-year reviews, remember, this is an opportunity. It's not a task to complete. It's an opportunity to build into your team. It's an opportunity to look back, reflect, and chart a path forward. Invest in it. Don't just get through it. Exactly. And that's the the crutch for me about reviews is, they're often just something to get through and taking reviews from like, yeah, you need to do them. There's they're very good reasons why you, why you should do them, why you need to do them. Even at like operational requirement sides of like mm-hmm. some people, you need to have points to record when people mm-hmm. are underperforming. Cause that's just a fact of life. I'm not trying to pretend that everyone is always doing an amazing job and no one needs course correction. And that, and that no one needs to be let go because that's that's just reality. But those are borderline, baseline why you do it, not mm-hmm. 
higher value, higher reasons as to why you should invest time in it. Those are like, we need to do it because we need to do it. That's like mm-hmm. saying like, I go to the DMV to get new tabs because I have to do it because it's the law. Mm-hmm. The better reason to do it is so that I don't get a ticket later on. Right. You know, right. And it's, it's a bad example, but you know, more saying like there's baseline reasons why you do something. And then there are like, I eat food because my body will not sustain itself unless I eat food. But I give myself better food if I want my body to perform better. Mm-hmm. I sleep because I will eventually just become exhausted. I just have to sleep at some point. But if I give myself the environment and setting and like invest in a good mattress and a good pillow and things right. like that, I'm going to sleep better. So if I'm going to sleep anyway, why wouldn't I sleep better? I'm going to eat anyway. Why wouldn't I eat better? And I think that's kind of the philosophy of reviews is most people are just like, I just have to get through it. Let's just skate through it. And instead of it being something that you've invested in and now it's an opportunity to like, hey, that was actually worthwhile. Every time I do it, I just think about what's the easiest, simplest, lowest painful way to get through it instead of being able to sit back and feel good at the end of the day of what you've done and what you've invested in it. Man, I love that metaphor. I love it. Because 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 for me as a manager who's been doing this forever, I was always required to do it anyway. So if it was going to take me five hours to do it poorly and 15 hours to do it well, at the end of the day, that 15 hours would be so well invested in my team and the opportunities for growth, for their happiness factor at work, the way that it changes the culture because people feel like they're being heard by their manager. I mean, it's just huge. And I I had to spend time on it anyway. I mean, when back in the day when we had a, um, you know, we were using a, a, a large company that shall be re- remain nameless here in this situation, but it had sort of a more automated review system. So you typed in or somebody typed in, it probably wasn't even me, some core competencies and some other things. And then I could go in there and just simply click a one through five answer five being you were awesome, one being this was awful. And when I clicked on that, it would auto-populate words like Michael has done a great job in this area. And I had to do like 30 of those things. And literally my only goal was to survive it, to get through it. Now, now for Mm -hmm. me, I thought of it in terms of, okay, well, I know that when I get with them in the meeting one-on-one that we're going to really talk about these things and it's going to be real. But to your point, there was no record. And so because the the system was was hard for me and because I frankly was lazy, uh, I, my, my teammates didn't have a record of our conversation. So if I walk out the next day and get hit by a bus, nobody knows what was said in that meeting. And, and it's really not um, it's really not creating something for them, uh, something to stand on, uh, the next step in their career or the next step in their growth. Mm-hmm. And and so, um, you know, I was reading something that you wrote, you know, a week or two ago, and it just struck me. I thought, it's so true. It's like the goal of reviews is not just to get done, but so often for us, because we're being told by HR or by the leaders above us, you've got to do these things. And I realize some of that is just for legal reasons. They just want to have them done. But yeah, there's but no, that, there's nothing bad about that. We do have no. to do them. They want to make sure right. they are being done. Yeah. Right. But the point is, is that you're, to your point, if you're going to, if you're going to eat, why not eat good food? If you're going to sleep, why not give yourself a good opportunity to sleep? And if you're going to do reviews, why not do it the right way? Because the right way 
will change the way your 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 team operates. It'll it'll build trust in those relationships, and and I've for sure seen that um, as I've decided to invest a lot more in that process. Um, it's it's become a less scary process for my mm. team, and it's become a richer process for me because in the midst of that, I also get feedback. Because as they're they're writing things in their reviews, as they know that I'm paying attention, they're writing more meaningful things in their self evals. So it it gives me feedback for my leadership and things where, where places where I can grow. And uh, it has been a really a boon to me to take the time to do it right. One of the things I've said a lot, I know you've heard me say it, and you're, you're on board with it too, is that reviews uh, should be a review. Mm-hmm something you've already experienced, thought about, you're just looking back on it. It's a, you're mm-hmm. reviewing it, just like you review uh, old record books or you review something that you've already done before or lived before. You look back over it again and it's not a writing a review such as you would in a product review or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of people have started to talk more about performance appraisals. Um, it's been a more term that's been coming up more in like HR circles and uh, performance management is talking about appraisals. And, and I understand why that's becoming more of a term, I think, because it's like looking back and, uh, and appraising the performance of mm-hmm. that someone has done and like, I guess giving some, maybe it's not necessarily giving it a value or assigning value to it or anything like that, but it's, because that's what you think of when you think about an appraisal is you're giving something mm-hmm. a value. And, and so in mm-hmm. that sense, I don't think that's the the important part of using that term. But what I want to like have us touch on is that reviews should, should be a, a look back, reflect, and look forward. Because even in the more uh, trying circumstances where someone is needing some course correction, they're in a position where they may be cut from the team because because of their lacking performance. That's all you need to do is look back and then make a plan going forward. It's the same thing. Look back and reflect. Mm-hmm. Look back and reflect and then chart a course ahead. And you do that the same, you do those same steps, whether the person is performing amazingly or performing poorly. You look back, okay, what has been happening? This is good, bad, indifferent. It's been continuing the negative path. It's on a better path than you were before. So that's positive. Mm-hmm. Person's been doing great and they're continuing. Okay, we need to figure out how to keep. We've looked back and we reflect. And then what happens between reflect and make a plan is where you and as the manager need to decide how am I going to support and encourage and and mold these next steps ahead. And that's the whole point of what the review is for. It's, it's the review is for the point in the in the middle, but it encapsulates all of it, and it's where you get on the same page about the path ahead. Right. You said something there that struck me because an appraisal is something that usually is looking at a point in time. You say, okay, now what's the value of this thing now? When I get a house appraisal, somebody comes to my house and says, "This is what this is worth today." But a review, mm-hmm. as you're saying, is, is if I'm understanding it, is actually, let's look at the actual body of work. Let's look at what mm-hmm. got us to this value. It's okay to have the value. Like, okay, you know, Michael, you're a, an eight on a one to 10. You know, that's, here's your value right now in, in, our, in our company. But how did we get to an eight? Did we regress from a 10 to an eight? Did we come from a five and move up to an eight? That's really, really important to know because that's where coaching comes in as a manager. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes we're, we're afraid in reviews. First of all, we're afraid to tell the truth because we think that the only 
good information is the stuff that was positive. And I'm a, I'm a hopelessly positive guy. So I, I love to, you know, just always focus on the positive. But if all we ever learn from is the positive, we're only learning half the story. A lot of the stories that I tell in my leadership journey are stories of failure. And part of the reason why those failures were exposed to me was because I had someone in my life who was willing to tell me that. And that's what a, I think a manager needs to do both. They need to say, this is encouraging stuff, but let's look back on it. Um, several years ago, I, I've told the story a few times. Uh, one of the guys on my team in a quarter, the first two months of the quarter, he was just fantastic, killing it. Just, you know, one project after the next and innovation and creative and energy. And then the third month of the quarter, dude just fell asleep. Like nothing happened. Zero. Now, fortunately, we, we were using uh, a one-on-ones, and so I, and I had some documentation because, I, you know, what did I remember when review time came around? Well, I remembered the sleeping part. So I, I was able to go back mm-hmm. and look and go, oh, wait, well, th- these first two months were really fantastic. And we did, in the review, we actually reviewed the first two months of exceptional performance and then moved ahead toward the last month. And I said, so, so what was up here? And... I'm telling you, there was immediate credibility because first of all, he's like, well, my, my manager noticed, hey, noticed the good stuff too. Not just the, not just the last month, but noticed all yeah, of it. Yeah. And, and we were able to sit down and craft a plan because we reviewed it. We were able to sit down and craft a plan to move forward to your point. And I, I think that's vitally important when you're thinking about a review is like, let's look at all of it. Let's not just do the appraisal. Like, where are you today? But let's understand the mm-hmm. journey to that to that appraisal on both sides of it. Yeah, totally. I think there's something you just said that was uh, stuck out to me. I don't know if you said accountability, but that's what was in my head. There's there's accountability mm-hmm. in looking back of like you know the in that scenario like you know the the month where it was a less productive month, but there's also affirmation, and I think that's the balance mm-hmm. you always have to strike in a review is. Uh, hold accountable to things that were committed or that were supposed to get done, and then, but also affirm the the great things. And accountability isn't isn't positive or negative. It's how you give right. and receive accountability that's positive or negative. But you can hold accountability in in the sense that um, I'm sa- I'm putting these two on the table to say like someone who needed to be held accountable to the thing that was committed or the goal that was in that they were charged with completing. If it comes up short, uh, yeah, talk about it but also affirm the other side of it. In as much as you said that um, reviews are something that it's hard to, like you, you're afraid to, to tell the truth and you want to be positive. There's other people that feel like they are only supposed to give critiques. And so then you end up giving critiques that uh, have never been shared with the team before or mm-hmm. you, in your performance review, like evaluation that you've received from, uh, either the leader at a company or someone in human resources that kind of gives the outline of here's how to do this performance review. You have to give right in a spot that says, how can this person improve? Mm-hmm. And it's a box that you have to fill out as a manager because right. you're tasked with filling out the box. And then you end up giving some feedback. Um, so-and-so needs to get better in this or could grow in this way. The person on the team gets it and they've never heard that before. They've never seen that before. And so they're kind of like, well, this doesn't feel fair. And now this right. is in my official review that I need to be better at this. This is the first time I've heard about it. Hmm. And so when I've thought about reviews and how to kind of tip the perspective on its head and how I have thought about it and how we've kind of thought about it as a team, 
I would much rather just junk the whole concept that the review is a um, fixed like set of questions and these are the these are the things that I have to respond to and give a rating on. I'd rather have break it up into two sections. And this is actually some of how I designed it early as like some little ideas for us. But I would actually really mm-hmm. like for us to, even if it's just on perspective, shift to say, first half of the review is look back. Mm-hmm. How did it go? And you and you intentionally, when you when you decide I'm gonna look back. Your perspective changes from I'm doing an evaluation to I'm just going to look back and observe what happened, mm-hmm. recount what what happened. In order to do that, you have to have some form of what happened, which which is where you get into different like things we've talked about before on how to track it through one on ones and conversations you're having along the way or goals or different mm-hmm. ways you've reported progress. But look back. Next step in in looking back is to assess and say, was that a progression? Or a regression. Mm-hmm. It's it's nearly impossible to stay the same. Uh, you know, something's either slight progression or slight regression, and and not that there needs to be a bubble chart like very positive, <laughs> very negative, somewhat right. po- negative, somewhat positive. You know, it's not like <laughs> arbitrary like that. But you say like, okay, based on what I've seen looking back, what do we need to do looking ahead? And I think having those terms, it would flip the concept for most managers because you'd have to say what has been done and what would I like to have done or what what has been happening and what should happen or where mm-hmm. are you coming from? Where do I want to see you going to? And it, it's much more effective to me. Like that's how you talk with people. You don't talk with people like you are satisfactory. Why do we use terms and evaluations <laughs> right. that have no normal verbiage in a conversation? I've never... Right. Uh, said to a friend, you're a satisfactory friend. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you would you know, never have many friends I've, if you did. I've had, <laughs> I've been, I've been told like, Hey, you've been a pretty absent friend lately or yeah. you've, you could be, you know, that's not really what I needed from you. I needed you to be more helpful. You know, people have said things like specific, right? Why are we generic about someone's job performance in future? When we're specific in every other area of our life. I love that. I Choose your adjectives wisely and, and say things that you say in real life, right? I, I love that. Yeah. You know, last time I heard the word satisfactory was when I was in grade school. That was one of the things they clicked off. Okay, you know, his, he keeps his desk neat, sat, satis, satisfactory, or in my case, unsatisfactory. You know, those sorts of things. <laughs> but, but, but I, I want to pivot off something that you said because that, I think that that's a really important point. But I want to talk to managers right now. In that same in that same mindset, in recent years, when I've taken more time to actually think about my team and the things that they've done in in the quarter, what it's made me do is evaluate the way that I lead, because so often, and you've been a part of it. We'll get to the we'll get to the the end of a quarter. We'll be doing a review, and I'll say, "Sorry, man," and you'll say, "Well, what?" I say, "Well, look at these goals that we set up at the beginning of the quarter." that we didn't really revisit and that really weren't your goals. And we didn't really have direction to some of these things, particularly early when you and I first started working together. It was just more, it was more nebulous. And you get to the end of it. And, and I realized for me, you know, there's an old saying that where there's a mist in the pulpit, there's a fog in the pew, you know, <laughs> where, the, where, the, uh, where the leaders have a mist, the team members have a fog. And, and I, I, I just, it, it's been so good for me 
to be to sit down with my team and say, look, I, I have not served you well in this situation. Let's work on it together. And I think that's part of what you're saying here too, is like, let's, let's, let's not just have the manager evaluate and he, he's going to look back or she's going to look back and, and judge success. Okay. He or she is going to go back and look at it and read the story. One of the things I love to do is look back at my one-on-ones in reverse order. Okay, so start at the beginning of the quarter, look at the, the answers that they had, look at the ways that they responded and how I responded, and let it tell the story. Because mm-hmm. there's a story in every single person's life, not just their work life, their life life. And that story is often told in the way that they fill out their one-on-ones and the conversations that we're having. And that gives me um, insight into my own leadership where I'll say, well, man, I, I should have stepped up for you here. It gives me insight into their situation. Oh, well, you had a lull this part of the quarter, but yeah, I forgot that your mom was sick and you were driving every Friday afternoon up to her house to deal with you know, your family. Those are the kinds of things, I mean, as you've often mm-hmm. said, you know, life doesn't stop when you walk in the doors of your office, okay? Especially now because most of us are working at home. Yeah. Um, but you know, those are really important things to, to to take into account as a manager, and it gives me insight into myself as well as to them. But I think understanding the story is as big a part of doing a review as clicking a bunch of boxes and filling out how can Michael grow this quarter. I, I I'm not sure that that's a helpful question. Um, I think if it comes up in the midst of a bigger conversation, that's fine. You can take note of that. But the question itself sort of predisposes you to start thinking through, oh, yeah, you know, I better think of something here. And it may be a one on a scale of one to 100, but it shows up in your review and it doesn't look like a one to the person reading it, including the the employee, you know, the team member. Yeah. So. anyway, I just uh, I started thinking about that storyline as you were talking and I thought, man, I we just need as managers, we need to understand the bigger story. And, and that's how we can really help our team members grow and get to where they want to be. And when they get to where they want to be in our company, oftentimes it takes our team exactly where we want to be. Yeah. And on that line of speaking to managers and when you're prepping for evaluations or reviews or appraisals or whatever you call it in your team, it, there's there's some conventional... Or I would say there's there's some modern takes on the golden rule of treat others as you want to be treated, and it's to not treat others the way you want to be treated. And it's kind of a cheeky uh, turn of phrase. You'd be like, treat them as they want to be treated. You know, if mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert and you're an extrovert and I'm an introvert, I don't want the same things that you want all the time, and I don't want the same things you want. So that's kind of the, the context of it. But in this sense, uh, with reviews, think about everything you've always wanted out of a review. Hmm. That that seem to be more globally applicable. Now, if you're a person who says, I always want more criticism in my reviews, that means I'm going to give it to people. Then make sure you're balancing that with equal parts of affirmation. Mm-hmm. But in the sense of, here we are at reviews again, and I just got to get through this, thinking about you have an opportunity to change how your team member views the performance review process because you're the one who's giving it. And even mm-hmm. if you're inside of a, a shell of like, here's a structure I'm supposed to follow. That doesn't mean you can't add your own supplemental structure mm-hmm. around it or even just extra things you want to add to it to, to pass along, to encourage, affirm. And, um, and it's not, I don't say encourage and affirm because it should be just like some big bubbly, like friendly fest. But if there's, everyone has something that you can say something positive about. 
you can encourage them in. But I think the point is like when people get frustrated about their reviews, like it's frustrating because it's vague. It stuff I haven't heard before. And it just kind of feels like they didn't really try that hard. Mm-hmm. And we're here for to fulfill the formality. Okay, if that's like predominant feelings, then what can you do about each one of those things? Um, if it's vague, you can be more specific. If if things you never heard before, you can bring up things sooner. Mm-hmm. And as you're experiencing them, don't wait to relay something until the performance review. This is this is stuff we've talked about in other other places, whether it's mm-hmm. blogs or podcasts. Um, but then the other thing is like, if we're here because it feels like formality, then what can you do to make this feel like it's uh, a chance to come sit, look back, reflect, and chart a path ahead? Make it so it's actionable. Don't make it formal. Hmm. Um, and I think those are some things to to change and flip the perspective of this meeting. And think about this. This person's on your team or these people are on your team. Hopefully you want them to be being productive team members. Mm-hmm. People tend to be more productive when they know what's expected of them and when they feel like you're encouraging their growth and are, are on their team, in their corner, that you have their back to help make it happen. What better way during a review to help them feel those things than to help find the ways that the things have been going well, ways that you can kind of chart a path together to look ahead, whether that's the next quarter, six months, or year, adjusting your plan to meet the correct time scale. Mm-hmm. But there's opportunities in reviews for you to like build into the team members, your team members, what they need to help become the people that you want to have on your team. Absolutely. And I think it gets back to kind of a simple phrase and it's 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 hard to make this an application but I'm just going to say it it's a little more aspirational but you have to care you have to find it mm-hmm. in your heart to care for the people that you work with and I recognize a lot of managers are really under the gun They're, they have their own tasks to do they're managing people there's a lot of pressure uh, with uh, unemployment and other things our country's facing right now it's tough but I think you can Take the time and sit back and understand that your your people need your care. They need to feel mm-hmm. like that they're important to you. Um, you know, you've you've pumped out a, a f- some tweets in the last couple of weeks. I thought have been really good. Where it's kind of like like you just can't mail it in. In fact, you you did one. I'm just going to read it today because I liked it so much. It, you know, you said as we approach mid year reviews, remember that this is an opportunity, not a task to complete. It's an opportunity to build into your team. It's an opportunity to look back, reflect, and chart a path forward. Invest in it. Don't just get through it. And the fact is, in order to invest in it, because it's a pain, it's hard, it's not easy. In order to invest in it, you have to care. It's got to matter that your team gets the kind of information that will help them grow and help them develop in their career as well as develop in your organization. Yeah. And some people might say that I've got rose-colored glasses because of early in my career and haven't had 30 years of reviews to get jaded from. <laughs> but anything that's, so many things in life that are worthwhile or doing are a pain. Do you think sitting down and making budgets <laughs> and like following a budget is fun? No, but that's what gives you the freedom to know how to make decisions and not okay. wreck right. your relationships because you're stressed about money. And all the things that are produced, not, I shouldn't say things like all, um, many things that are really important and really valuable just take some work. And mm-hmm. everyone talks about how painful and how horrible and terrible performance reviews are and how much they dread them. And I think a lot of that is carried over 
feelings from reviews gone by. Mm. And yeah, there's still going to be really tough times. Like the review that you're just really not looking forward to because you got to share some really hard feedback because they're still not turning the corner. But that's no different than like a hard conversation and a hard day. Mm -hmm. So we also build these things up to be bad. We also build reviews up to be a huge stressor and things turn into what you perceive them to be. Mm -hmm. And so it's also, if we back up and think about it from a, a broader perspective, yeah, it's going to take some work. Your normal daily life just takes some work. Mm -hmm. And if you put in enough work on this thing, it's going to help make the next one easier because you put in the work today. And it's going to make the next one easier because you put in the work again. And it's one of those compounding interest things that over time, you get more and more of the benefits from putting more of the effort in. And you start to see the value from it and then it doesn't feel quite so, quite so daunting the next time. It's still work every time. It doesn't change that it's work. But you you see that the work is worth it because at the end of it you know what's what's happening and what's coming from it. Yeah, you make a great point. And as you say, you know, life isn't magic. I mean, I've been married for twenty eight years. It's not magic. Sometimes it's hard work. A lot of times it's awesome. But sometimes it's just put one foot in front of the other and grind it out. I've got four kids. I love my kids. They're a joy to me. Parenting is awesome most of the time, <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> it's really, really hard and you just got to do it because you care about the relationship and you're willing to invest in it. And it's the same thing with your team. Um, you, some people you're going to have a really, really great rapport with right off the bat. They're just a joy to work with. You come into the office, they encourage you, you feel great about it. Other people are going to be a stone in your shoe. Now, I got to tell you, I feel like a lot of the people that have been stones in my shoes have actually been the most helpful to me in the long run because they're different than I am. They view the world differently and it's hard work to get to know them, to get to really help them along in their career, to kind of gauge the things that are important to them, where they're going to succeed. And it's hard because it's not natural to me, but as I've invested mm -hmm. in that, I have reaped incredible benefits in the organization. Actually, to be honest, people thought I was a pretty smart guy because those people were so amazing. <laughs> but, you know, part of it was, you know, I, I wanted to jettison them early because they, they weren't exactly like me. And it turned out they were my greatest asset down the road. Mm -hmm. But it took the time of really investing and trying to understand why, why do you view things that way? Why do you, why do you why do you say things like that? Because it didn't make any sense to me. But the process of discovery on both sides allowed us both to grow. And 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 when I invested in that review process in those terms, like okay, we're going to go into this together, and we're going to take an honest look at it together, and we're gonna we're gonna talk honestly with each other, not just me talking to them, but let's talk about it together. Uh, mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing when you leave the room how fulfilling it feels. Like we actually just accomplished something. This was a real conversation. And I've had a couple of managers that have given me some really solid reviews, really good constructive feedback. And I'm happy when I leave because they've encouraged me the right amount in the areas where I knew that I had succeeded. And they gave me the sort of feedback that I needed to be a bigger success in the future as I was going to grow. Yeah, I got one, one final question for you on this. Is I think there's also a lot of, pent up um, stress and fear or insert label of emotion here around reviews because of the baggage that comes with the term. And if it was renamed, relabeled 
to something that fit the actual intent of what's supposed to happen. Because people act a certain way in a review. They act more formal. They sit a little more uh, straight-backed mm-hmm. in their chair. They, mm-hmm. they a little more polite, maybe, or, you know, whatever. You Maybe you dress a little different if you know your reviews that day because you're walking in. Mm-hmm. The d- decision's already been made. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, right. you're hearing to find out what's happened in the review at that point. Right. But, like, we all, like, change a little bit of how we are when you go in to have that meeting. And... Why? Because we're told that there's this, this, it's this formal thing and that it's this process around it. And, and if what it's supposed to just be is a chance to, to, to recalibrate and it was just, what, what if it had a, a different name and not just for the sake of giving it a different name, but it mm-hmm. still carries the same, same emotion, but cause that would be useless, but actually renaming it to, to change the lens, to change the frame of what its purpose is. You know, one-on-ones feel one way because it's it's just sitting down with someone else and chatting. Mm-hmm. Some people have like had to come into one-on-ones feeling like they're armed to defend, to, uh, to defend their work that they've done mm-hmm. uh, because that's the context they've come from, from a previous boss who's really um, like clamped down on progress and wanting to know every little detail and um, kind of slammed them if they didn't have every answer that they had questions for. That's an intent problem, not a, a thing, not like a, a one-on-one or a style of work problem. Mm-hmm. But I think those tend to be more casual because we're just sitting down to chat, look back, look ahead, near term. If it shifted the focus and shifted like the perspective that people come into this, but it's just on a longer time frame, I, I think that like it would help managers not, not to sweat it so much maybe mm. and team members wouldn't quite get so uh, in a little ball of stress because they don't know what's going to happen right now and I guess I'm yeah. saying that partially because we do it ours on a quarterly basis and some a lot of people don't do it that frequently but also if you view it to be like smaller stress because you're doing it more frequently than it can be I think and I know when I only had like one one review a year, it was something that I was kind of like, I'm not really sure how this is going to go, kind of how this is going to pan out. But once we went to doing it multiple times a year, mm-hmm. it's, it's it lowers that bar of like unknown so far. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think about that? You've done a lot of reviews for a long time. <laughs> I have. I it, it, my mind immediately started spinning. Like, what could we call it? We could call it a recap, or we could call it uh, back to front. You know, looking looking back and looking forward, you know, back or forward. I think that words matter, Michael, and I think that there are triggers that people have, and I think review is a trigger for both managers and team members. <laughs> I do. I, you know, when, when reviews come around, it's like, oh my gosh, because I just know it's going to be a lot of work, and 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 I'm okay with it because of the things we've been talking about. But it is a lot of work, and it's it's not always enjoyable to do the work. What's enjoyable is to have the fruit of the work, which is the conversation that honors and and uh, gives constructive feedback to my team. But I I do think I think you could change the name. I think you could make it uh, more friendly because I think. The sense that we want to have when we walk into something like that is that this is going to be a conversation that's going to help us both. And, and yeah. if, if we could figure out some way to, to convey that, I think it would be an important step forward for so many people. Because when we started Uptick, you'll remember we were talking a lot about reviews and we sent out some, some feelers on social media to get people's sense of what they thought of when they thought of reviews. I don't remember, perhaps there was one, I don't remember getting one positive response. 
I think they were all negative. And one <laughs> yeah. of them I was sharing with our CEO and he broke down in tears. It was so bad. Our CEO did. It wasn't one of our people, but he's just like, I can't believe that people actually have to go into a workplace where that's what's happening. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we recognize there is a, a trigger with reviews. And I think being able to, to reframe them both in name, but also in technique, like what are we going to really do in this meeting could be a huge boon to businesses and to, and to people. Totally. In a review, the essence is that it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a product review, a site a review of some restaurant, it, it's good or it's bad. It's, it's either five stars or it's not. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, it's like I either met all of the objectives, I, I, I got a perfect score or I didn't. And I feel bad if I didn't get a perfect score. And that's that, that gets carried over to reviews. And so people generally come in not being self-reflective, which is something we've talked about before. Um, they, they come in with their highlight reel, mm-hmm. um, trying to show all the, the amazing things they've done, their best hits, their greatest hits of the time that's elapsed since their last review. And that's because they're getting a score at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to say like we shouldn't do scores or something like that necessarily. I know everyone kind of has to treat things differently. How do you award compensation percentages if there's no sort of like mm-hmm. completion or, or whatever? There's other factors to consider. But if it's if it's a review, it's inherently I got to show my stuff that I've done well. Mm-hmm. And I just really want to turn it on its head and say, how do you create the environment that it feels safe for someone to to ref- actually have a self-evaluation and look back and like, see, here's things I'm proud of. Here's things I wish could have gone another way. And looking forward, like, okay, here's some things I said I wish could have gone another way. Here's maybe a, a, a way I can try doing that. Or the things that I'm proud of, here's the things I think we can do to keep making that happen. And really, I think that's what we got to shift reviews to be more like. Man, I love that idea. And I'm going to invite our audience to join us on this and and help us out because I like the idea of turning it on its head, but you and I aren't going to be the only people with good ideas on that. So I'd love to hear. So in the show notes, we'll have our our Twitter handles down there and and hit us up because, man, we would love to, maybe we'll get you on the podcast, but we'd love to have you come in and give us some ideas of how do you turn things on their head so they become really meaty and meaningful and respectful to both people. and, And you get back to that word of caring and investment. That's what I'd love to see that happen. So, so hit us up at our, uh, at our Twitter handles and we'll, we'll, we'll talk with you. We'd love to do it. Okay. Thanks, Michael. Have a great day. Enjoyed it. Hey, you too. It's good to chat. Hey, this is Michael again. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Let's Talk Teams. And if you're looking for a better way to keep track of everything that's happening in between your last performance review and your next performance review, check out Uptick. It's how we manage it. It's how we make it easy to do performance reviews because we're not needing to invent any sort of history or uh, rack our brains for what's happened. We just look back. You can see the arc of the story of everything that's happened and discussions you've had with your team members. And it just makes it so much easier. So you spend your time thinking about their performance instead of trying to remember what happened. So if you want to check it out, again, uptickapp.com. We'd love to help you out.